Hey guys, in today's episode, you are about to meet someone who's into sustainability as a whole, not just sustainable mobility. And I think, I mean, he's he's way more than even I'm into sustainability. Uh, my guest for this episode is Mr. Lakshman Badami. He is an environmental scientist, an architect, and a social entrepreneur. He's the founder of a uh, foundation called the Be Animal Foundation, which is basically uh, a foundation that worked towards spreading awareness about climate change and, of course, you know, planting as many trees as they possibly can. And in order to realize this vision of theirs, they uh, run parallel ventures like hostels and ecotourism and a bunch of other stuff like that. Uh, watch this amazing, not watch, of course, listen to this amazing episode. Uh, as I sit down uh, with Lakshman and talk about all of the things that I just mentioned and much more. I think you're going to get a lot of value around, you know, what it actually means to care about sustainability at the level that this guy does and how uh, his vision to, you know, build uh, cities uh, in a way that allow people to live sustainably. Sustainability is, uh, I, th I think that's truly inspiring uh, and I think you'll enjoy this episode. So listen to it and of course, as usual, share it with all of your friends uh, who think who you think will gain value of value out of something like this so i hope you enjoy it and uh, share it out with your friends you're listening to the driven differently audio experience a podcast hosted by chirag joshi an indian entrepreneur who hosts guests both from his industry of electric vehicles and sustainable mobility and people completely unrelated like artists and creators with the intention of getting as many people involved in the mission to upgrade humanity to sustainable ways of transportation, aka being driven differently. I'm here at B Animal, what do you call it, hostel? It's a hostel. Yeah, B Animal Hostel, uh, probably the most coolest hostel I have come across. It's just my streak these days to come across cooler hostels, you know. Mm -hmm. Just get after Cuckoo Hostels, I've, I'm just getting into this community of yeah, cool hostels. It's just going, man. And uh, this is one such place I do not want to take any other time and dive right straight into the CJ show where we combine art, and sustainability mm -hmm. and, and, and see what comes out of it, right? Yep. So, Lakshman, why don't you introduce yourself to the community, what you do and how are we here? Hi guys, so my name is Lakshman. I'm an architect and environmental scientist by profession, but for the last couple of years, we've been running a nonprofit called Be Animal. So Be Animal is all about spreading environmental education. So our main goal is that in 10 or 15 years from now, nobody looks back and say, says that nobody informed me about what was going on with the planet and why didn't we do something sooner. So our job is to basically educate the whole country, tell them what's, what's up with the environment, like spread that information. So at the moment we're running a project called Sustainability Through Permaculture mm -hmm. and it's going to be rolled out online and also in schools. Mm -hmm. And we fund our projects through sustainable tourism. Mm -hmm. So this hostel is one of those projects that funds our environmental initiatives. And we also have India tours. Mm -hmm. So we bring foreigners who are scared to travel in India and they come with us. Yeah. And we show them what this country is actually about. And uh, yeah, we try to give them a good time, some internal reflection, some walking on the beach, walking through forests, uh, enjoying themselves. So it's not, it's not more of a sightseeing tour, it's more of a internal experience so that's why it's called be animal journey awesome sounds good i mean uh if, if you guys were wondering you know 
uh, how is he on the channel and what's his art? Well, his art is that he wants to paint the planet green. That's his art. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and plus, you're, you're an architect by profession that already requires some crazy level of designing skills, right? So, I mean, that's enough for me. Plus, I just like this guy, you know, so he's just on the channel. Can't help it, guys. I'm sorry. I'm biased here. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I, I love, you know, one of the things, of course, I connect to you on the sustainability front. That's mm -hmm. the reason, you know, uh, I, I get so attracted to this place and I keep coming back, whatever chance I get, right? And uh, one of the cool things that I like is that you, you use a lot of art to tell the stories around about you, about the hostel, you know. So take, you know, talk to me about how you're, you're trying to make this as a creative sort of community as well around, you know, and, and sort of pushing the propaganda of whatever you're trying to establish. So how are you using art in that? Because I know you do connect with a lot of artists and, you know, I see a jam session coming up soon and all of that. Talk to me about that aspect. Uh, so basically, our our art form is to connect with people, and I think people are the most valuable thing that we have, being in this business, you know. So I think like it's the people who come in here who are the true artists, you know. Mm -hmm. We're just facilitating it. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, of course, there's some beautiful artwork. There are plants which are like nature's best art, and uh, we want to tell a story—a story of simplicity, of uh, being one with nature—and that's what we would like people to feel. Mm -hmm. And Bangalore is a big, bad city, mm -hmm. and a lot of people feel very stressed here. And as soon as they enter the space, it's like an oasis. Yeah. It's like a place where they can truly be themselves, just relax, lounge around, mm -hmm. um, you know. So that's. Like, I guess that's what we're trying to give to the world. Awesome. That sounds good. Because, yeah, I mean, like, every every part... I, I love the fact that, you know, the hostel tries to do a 360 degree of sustainability. You know, it's not just one aspect, you know. You have veganism very much inbuilt in your, you know, day-to-day. -day. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of plants around. Reclaim furniture. Yes, reclaim furniture. Reclaim. And, uh, you know, just the whole space is just like a green lush. And also the fact that, you know, uh, one of, they're trying to put up solar panels on the top. Yeah, yeah. that's our next project. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, I bought an electric scooter, you know, way back when I started. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't serve the purpose to me. So I then I ended up sort of, you know, mm -hmm. selling it to our man here. Yeah. And that's how we got connected. And so now he's going electric as well. So, you know, yeah. sustainability from all 360 degrees. I mean, we do what we can, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I heard about you through Daoud, right? So he was, when we did the video, he was like, you know, hey, there's this guy, you know, they they even want to sort of recycle soap water. And I, I heard, I'm like, what? Wow, that's a <laughs> lot of sustainability right at once, right? So tell, tell me, talk to me. So I haven't met any environmental science person, right? So tell me, like, what is the study all about and uh, what 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 are people taught in that you know are they taught to to take up practical steps in terms of you know preserving the environment and you know pushing that message forward or like how does it how does that whole thing go because like i'm sure a lot of people do not know about it uh so like firstly i would like to make a distinction between environmental science and environmental engineering so there are two distinct fields of study. Environmental science is more research-based and environmental engineering is like solid waste management and it goes down a different path altogether. Mm -hmm. In India, at least what I experienced at a bachelor's level, the environmental science course was not, not up to the mark at all. It's only taught in two colleges in India and going in I expected it to be like top quality mm -hmm. and it was anything but it was uh, pretty miserable. Mm -hmm. uh, chemistry and the other subjects on the course were taught quite well, but somehow environmental science, it wasn't. 
um so most of my knowledge about sustainability came once i moved to denmark and we had heard about this country a lot w- during the studies because they're like one of the top countries when it yeah. comes to they bicycle to they, they, they cycle to work they also like they also use their garbage to heat all the water that's used in the country garbage. so they burn almost all of their garbage they capture the carbon mm. and that's how uh, like that's how they recycle their wow. garbage so they actually there's nothing left at the end of end of at the end of it mm. they just incinerate everything they heat up the water and that's what provides the entire country's hot water supply oh, wow. so i was intrigued about this place and then finally i went there to study architecture um that was in 2013 mm-hmm. and while i was there we learned a lot about sustainable building practices mm-hmm. about solar technology about wind technology about how these things can actually actually be applied mm-hmm. and i think i learned far more there mm-hmm. and of course through like my own self study than i learned in the environmental science course mm-hmm. like in the course i felt like i was being taught things that i already knew okay and once i went there i was learning fresh stuff yeah. which was very very exciting so uh, when you're learning all of these things there you know so uh, if if all of these things are happening in those countries what do you think is the biggest challenge for people who study there and come out of it i mean that's great that you're you've come out there and you're trying to implement it here but i'm sure there are a lot of people who already done that so yeah. what what's what's stopping people to implement those practices mm-hmm. in other countries or their home countries you know what's what's the biggest challenge so my feeling is that the at least like when talking about the indian context mm-hmm. right the biggest challenge is actually like it's so more than the implementation it's sort of that foresight that's required mm-hmm. so the thought that you need to like look into the future mm-hmm. and actually you need to look into the future and actually imagine how the world is going to be in 50 years and take preventative measures now mm-hmm. that in the long run is you save a lot okay. just by doing that you know mm-hmm. by planning for the future and taking steps now mm-hmm. you save money in the long run and that's something i feel like in india we don't really understand so we're, we're not we're not that foresighted you mean yeah like we're always involved in the now and whatever sure like short term, yes like a government works in 5 years so you know, that's yeah. what people work in like exactly years, like when you see a road that's jam packed in india there are two solutions either widen the road or build a overpass mm-hmm. right and it doesn't actually reduce yeah, traffic at all exactly and it increases traffic the only thing that can reduce traffic is reducing the number of vehicles on the road mm-hmm. or timing them differently so that yeah. they move more efficiently and neither of those can be done within a system like india mm-hmm. so the long term kind of solutions that would work in 40 or 50 years they really aren't implemented like mm-hmm. did you know that copenhagen city mm-hmm. they have certain areas that have been specifically designed like these are public spaces they're specifically designed to turn into lakes in the event of a flood oh, okay. so in the off chance that there's a there's flood in the city these public spaces would fill up with water and not so, affect, and not affect the residential area so these are like skate parks they're basketball courts mm-hmm. they're just places for people to sit around yeah. and like chill out and uh, it, they have two purposes you know mm-hmm. one is a flood protection second yeah. is a public space yeah in india we uh, uh, we've just built every road as a flood collecting system right That's yeah what i i, I know is. yeah 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 Hey. there's a friend of mine okay he stays uh, uh, in kormala fourth block okay? right. his street okay 
for some reason i don't know what it looks fine okay but i'm sure this is the engineering behind it right his place almost every rainy season gets filled up and i mean flooded okay so these guys have you know like the ground like the road has gone from you know layers of like you know white topping cement tar blah 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 they've increased the height of their footpaths the they their cars get logged a scorpio gets water logged like you can you imagine the you know sort of uh, uh, what is that height of a yeah, scorpio it's, sure, sure. it's very high yeah, yeah. and it gets clogged every time yeah. that they had to build a sort of heightened basement and now even that's not that you know high because the roads keeping so you know yeah systems like those of course do affect but uh, but but do you think it's uh, uh, you know it's a it's it's a change that can be implemented or are you saying that you know yeah it's doomsday here in india but i i'm on the side that you know things can be changed and implemented and i'll tell you a good story about that so i was part of a conference where the uh, department of transportation for london the cto of that transport for london he it's he's an indian shashi varma is his name he came down and you know we were ha- it was a great sort of you know thing of discussing urban mobility in bangalore and how city planning affects it and all of that right. someone just asked that you know oh bangalore you know i think we're way past the point where we can solve yeah. it and all that and he told me and then he told all of us that you know london is a london is probably the oldest city possible right and they face such a problem in the i think late uh, I, i think after 1950 after the world war 2 they suffered huge losses sure. in terms of people industries going back and all of that and he told how they turned around their city mm-hmm. and if their city can turn around any city can be turned around so yeah. do you think do you connect with that as well i mean like so in one sense they a lot of the city did get demolished mm. during the war yeah. and which gave new possibilities for building new subway stations mm-hmm. like they connected some tube stations mm-hmm. and they like they of course they used the war damage as a possibility for a new modern city mm-hmm. and so did many other places in europe uh, bangalore city on the other hand i think it's going to be more of a water challenge than a mobility challenge in the future of course like mobility is a is a big mess it's been announced the most congested city in the world yeah, and with the slowest moving traffic as Bangalore. well what is it 2 km per i think in the i heard it was 5 km in the right? central business district i think the the speed of traffic is 16 km per hour That's within the city center mm. but i'm sure on some stretches it yeah. could be like 2 or 3 km yeah. per hour mm. but people won't cycle here will they no they no. still want their cars cuz their of idea of beating traffic and heat is sit in our own car and turn up turn, on, turn, turn on, on the turn AC. on the ac <laughs> right and that does not make any sense at all does it mm-hmm. yeah so i mean these are so i mean that's the challenge right for us who are working in the electric vehicle sort of or mobility sustainable mobility the challenge is to get people out from individual private or or privately owned cars that pollute to more shared connected uh, and uh, you know more sustainable ways of transporting you know and public transportation is a big change that india definitely needs changing people's mindsets is also a big part of that right yeah, yeah. like as long as people think that like cycles and buses are for the poor mm-hmm. uh, we are in deep shit that's and that's like a deep set mentality you know mm-hmm. like what is considered cheap and what is considered fancy it's mm-hmm. all messed up over yeah. here you know again i am bringing that cuz i get reminded of that conference so he told me that the value of social uh, harmony of public transportation is huge in that's the reason in india no one takes the bus because we think it's a poor man's transportation yeah, in yeah. london there is no such notion a notion about london's buses sure. so for them almost anyone can you can see in the bus you can find a person who suited booted up very good yeah, find a dancer yeah. all kinds of people travel in, and that has a very inclusive value in it you know and one of the companies doing this well in india uh, and not attaching that notion of a cheap transportation is yulu 
you know yeah. i shot a podcast with the ceo and yeah. it was amazing how they were doing that and i and i gave him this compliment yeah. and you really see i mean if you've seen you lose around mm-hmm. you see all kinds of people riding Absolutely. it right yeah. from a 16 year old construction boy to right. a 45 year old guy who's going to office and probably earns in lakhs yeah. does not matter right, right. you know Because so something yeah, yeah 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 i haven't seen it before absolutely so that's a, that's a really good thing i see mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. another thing is you know the part of people's mentality yes that's a big uh, you know challenge to come mm-hmm. overcome mm-hmm. but the second thing is you know this is, this is an important thing to understand humans react to their environment mm-hmm. right so the kind of environment we set uh, uh, you know governs the behavior of humans you know you can put say, for example an indian living in india will litter unknowingly multiple times mm-hmm. you put the same person in new york or london he will be so conscious he, it's not even funny you know so it, and ha- so why is that happening that's he's reacting to the environment mm-hmm. what that means is that you know this whole electric this transition from petrol to electric and for people to choose electric over uh, petrol it's harder it's going to be harder if we don't recognize that it's a system behind that internal combustion engine thing with the oil and gas industry like transportation this sort of system is a 100 year old system right so it becomes so easier for people to choose that over electric right especially when that's the government why, promotes it yeah that's 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 why that happens so what we need to do you know and as people who are in the industry you know not wait for people to wake up or but but to you know uh, build infrastructure that allows it that makes it easier for people to fall on our side than on the other absolutely that's the more smarter way to go about it considering you know uh, considering it's not just on you know preaching the fact that yeah you have to go but if you're building a business which i believe in you know there has to be a combination of uh, idealism and practicality and you have to mix them together to make an impact definitely, definitely. so that's that's one of the things that is important to recognize for someone like you also mm-hmm. who is in the yeah. uh, field of making an actual practical impact mm-hmm. so yeah uh i mean personally i'm a huge advocate of like like our personal choices building up towards a greater change yeah. and i really don't get when people wait for their governments or their mm. leaders to tell them like do this or do yeah. that yeah. i feel like we all understand what morality is and we're all smart educated people and we can like look into ourselves and look at the world around us and decide what is right and what is wrong and those are still choices that we can make you know so just because we were taught certain things in schools or in universities or by our parents that's all conditioning you yeah. know at some level and i feel like we really need to introspect and we need to be able to see what is right you know mm-hmm. because in 10 years when the floods come and the hurricanes come and the droughts come mm-hmm. there are going to be no excuses you know mm-hmm. so you really have to make the right choices now yeah true that i mean i, I have a huge hope from our generation mm-hmm. because we are exposed to the kind of exposure that if you track this back 20 years back mm-hmm. like people in their teenagers like 13 14 the kind of exposures they're getting today is the kind of exposure people 20 years back got when they were like 30 years old 40 years when they were on their own sure. that's that's when they got to see so much of the world these days a 5 year old kid get that gets yeah. that much so yeah. there is really no excuse that okay you know what we aren't uh, uh, you know we don't know about it and this applies to all other things you know about how we think about you know gender uh, about about how we think about our women about how we think about education so many things we've been con- conditioned in a certain mm-hmm. way but that's not an excuse you know we yeah. can relearn it we have the we have the tools to do it so that's 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 one thing that awesome we have to now get into the og segment of the show that you know about right and uh, so that's i mean i don't know do you do you follow me on instagram 
I hope so. Ah, please do. <laughs> okay, so what we do on my channel is that we put out. So I read a lot of stuff about uh, you know electric vehicles and sustainable mobility, right? Yeah. Now I cannot uh, you know you know sort of wait for people to learn about them as well. So for me, the whole thing is about how do I get people engaged and talking about this whole thing. So what I try to do is I read those things, we crunch it down and represent in one post format in a creative manner. So that sort of hooks people's attention, and then we can you know speak to them and engage in that. So that's the whole idea of it. So we put out a ton of posts. I want you to select any two posts from these, and then you know I'll take you through the creative aspects of it, and then what what the post was all about. So we'll go one by one. Let's talk about this bus. Okay. Okay, sure. So uh, this is a company called BYD from China. Mm -hmm. Okay, as you can see in the post, there's this bus that shrinks down and then you know sort of gets into the form factor of a car. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to say from that was that so BYD is a company that is known for its buses. Okay, right. around the world, mm -hmm. uh, and in India they have a lot of bus sort of ties with the municipal corporation and their buses are on mm -hmm. road. But uh, I think around when did I post this? Uh, September, yeah, September 9th. So around September, uh, BYD came up with their electric van, which is already in China, and they launched it in India. Yeah. So this was to show that you know okay now they've come to India. Is it you know. available on the market? Uh, it's more on uh, I think it's on a this is a commercial vehicle. Right. You know it's called the T3 I guess yeah, okay. and I think it's on a com on the commercial side. I don't know I don't know if they started deliveries actually. So it's not a passenger vehicle. Uh, no, this one's not. You know so right. they've launched like a. A commercial vehicle. As far as I know, it's, it is a commercial vehicle. Uh, tempo traveler should come out with an electric tempo traveler. There are, there are. Trust me, there are a lot of people uh, falling on the commercial EV side because they think there is more uh, accelerated value there. Because you know, Definitely. if you make a uh, commercial electric vehicle, you tie up with a company like Amazon or a Flipkart, mm -hmm. you're selling hundreds at once. Sure. So that's a route that a lot of companies are taking. Yeah. And yes, there are a lot of yeah. uh, cargo vehicles that are electric that are coming out. So this was one of them. So what we wanted to show was quickly, you know, so, you know, have that bus shrink it down and pop into a car. Yep. So, you know, so quick shift mm -hmm. on that. So that's how we represent that. And uh, yeah, we'll go to the next one. Post. Yes. Who's this guy? <laughs> that's me. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, okay, this is a post that I put out, which is about, I mean, it's basically about me, right? Uh, no, I mean, like, so one of the thing changes, I don't know if you know this, so I had two uh, Instagram accounts mm -hmm. about three to four months back, okay, around September. I had two accounts, mm -hmm. one was personal, this one was uh, purely for uh, whatever I tell, you know, about electric and all of that stuff. And then I realized, you know, I really can't have two personalities and mm -hmm. once, you know. Mm -hmm. So I sort of left, let go of my personal account and then made this my own, the only account. Okay. And so one of the things when I did that was started to, you know, express myself on it as well. Not just as a post thing, because I think when you express yourself as a person behind it, people relate to it more and I've seen that. Yeah. So one of the things that I did uh, here, this post was, uh, this is very recent. So somebody asked me, so being in the field that I am, electric vehicles, people may assume that I am a auto enthusiast or I'm into cars, into bikes that much. Yes, to an extent, mostly electric, right? Uh, but I am more uh, uh, into transportation 
and you know what it means to the what what it means to humans what it what the kind of uh, impact it's going to have going forward and the change it's going through so and and vehicles are a small part of it they are a part of it but vehicles are a very small part of it you know transportation and mobility are such big things and i'm i'm i then so th- when if you ask me are you an are you a car enthusiast or an auto enthusiast i reply no i'm like a transportation maniac there's no word for it so i just came up with it sure. so this was a post about that that i'm into transportation and all of that and somebody asked me on you know so you can see this is basically an instagram chat that mm-hmm. somebody asked me on in the dms and then i replied that to them okay so that's so you know yeah and this is a photo that i just uh took i think nice. when i was shooting episode 3 of this show where was it taken this was in on the terrace of my friend's home okay. you know cool. so you mix and match stuff like that you know ah, and really right. i was anyway holding my hands like this <laughs> and like okay, it will be fun if i can just insert that thing there yeah, so you know you cool. come up with creative ways Very to do nice. it nice. so yeah i clearly uh, resonated with a lot of people and yeah that was the post and that's 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 what we try to do on the channel man uh make it as fun and engaging as possible yeah. because i know i care a lot about uh, electric vehicles and sustainable mobility but it's my duty to get a lot of people uh involved in it and this is i think art is one of the best ways to do it because it helps propagate the message what mm-hmm. what like what science can do art can do you know it reaches places far and beyond but they haven't seen are they going to see this picture i'm going to edit it out yeah. so okay. th- it's always up there nice. so the they'll definitely see it yeah yeah man so uh it's been uh yeah i mean doing all of this stuff what was the core motive when when did you realize that you know what like why did you did you choose environmental science very consciously when you were sort of you know choosing your courses cuz that's really not uh, the most popular bachelor's choice to be honest in our country right so what did, when you chose it were you aware that okay you know this is where i want to be what i want to be doing and why i want to dedicate my life so what's i want to understand what's the core motivation behind you getting into the whole thing of sustainability uh so my main thing is to build better cities mm-hmm. so in the future i w- like when i look at a city i see s- like possibilities mm-hmm. and i see so many things that could be easily fixed if we just cared enough you know mm-hmm. uh from solid waste management to water management to just energy to where the way people interact mm-hmm. how we relax how we spend yeah. our lives that kind of thing so i want to build better cities for everyone mm-hmm. and i wanted to build them in a combination of great architecture great urban planning mm-hmm. and solid environmental science mm-hmm. and pull those together okay. so my plan was to either go for architecture or to get into environmental science mm-hmm. i picked environmental science because it was the most logical option at that time mm-hmm. i later went to study architecture mm-hmm. and uh, the two combined is like very very powerful for me and for my life's work mm-hmm. so that's that's why i chose it so so like when you were sort of in your 12th standard so yeah. i mean like when did it hit you cuz like it i mean like if you've planned it so early on that's great by the way in in you know 11th and 12th that you could see that so what was the inspiration and like just how did you come to this conclusion that okay you know what i want to build great cities man yeah. like how did you come to that uh actually i wanted to do this since i was 6 or 7 years old okay. so right from the time i was a child i knew i wanted to be in design i wanted to um i wouldn't want to work on like big projects you know change the way the world functions uh not so much motivated by money but more like 
of just the possibilities for humanity you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing uh and then like i moved out of my house when i was 15 years old i had some time to reflect and think about my life and it's sort of been like a constant stream from there you know mm-hmm. uh never really looked back uh making uh, choices that mm-hmm. are maybe like unpopular in our society mm-hmm. i've made a lot of them mm-hmm. um I feel like it's the right thing to do, you know. Like at least you can live with yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. Like you are living with your ethics mm-hmm. and you stand by it and that's the most important thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I love the fact that you mentioned choices because you know even I like the first decision I took for myself. I don't remember myself bef- before 10th standard. I really don't. I really don't. I was just like on auto mode, man. Yeah. Really it was on autopilot. But after 10th, you know, I started making a lot of conscious choices and I and i you know sort of understood the a the power of free will that you really can do whatever you want really and second is choices how i i sort of got attracted to the fact that oh wait i can make a choice for myself and then it impacts me in a good way what wait so for the first choice i think first major life decision i took after my 10th standard was i joined martial arts and it has reaped the greatest benefits i could ever yeah. come across you know so for me that that was a start then i got addicted to the process of you know mm-hmm. just you know taking uh, the reins of your life in your own hands sure. and you know taking accountability for it and just you know charting your way forward so you and i fell in love with that process so i connect to the fact yeah, that you just said you know reflect and you know make your own choices and you know i i, I think yeah. jeff bezos made this statement like your like uh, your choices our choices make us you know yeah. we make our choices and our choices make us which makes sense like yeah. yeah it makes a lot of sense and like i i like what you said about being in auto mode and i think like at least indian society uh, our families are like oh, education system yeah. it's all structured you know there's a path through everything mm-hmm. and there's a fixed answer for everything yeah. but life is not like that you know and if, even if you have the smallest shred of a regret you know in your later life mm-hmm. uh, you're the only person accountable you know yeah. you can't blame your parents for your shitty decisions when you're 50 years old yeah. they won't even be around you know mm-hmm. most probably so at the end of the day you have to be accountable for where you've gone and mm-hmm. what you're doing in your yeah. life you know uh, how you choose to eat how you choose to live where you decide to go who you marry these are all decisions that we make you know mm-hmm. and i know that it does not seem like that for a lot of people and it does not seem like reality works this way but trust me it does you know mm-hmm. and if there's any take away from the session yeah i would like people to know that like you're in control you know you can you can make it what you want yeah i mean th- that's so true man because I, yeah, you're true like the indian sort of family and this is not from hate for the system like i i love some aspects of it you know i love the fact that we have tight knitted communities and we don't suffer that much through depression that a lot of people from in western countries do it's a different topic mental health but you know uh the fact that it's it's now intruded like like parents think that the children's are incapable of making decision to a great extent like till you're 25 years old people are like oh you know no do what we're saying even marry by their choices you know so all of that yeah. so i think th- that's one thing that i like about the western culture that you're out at 16 or 18 
make sure. a decision for yourself you know but like respect for your family has nothing to do with yeah yeah it know? is like, yeah that's one thing i'm trying to it's it's, it's <laughs> not like you have to choose respecting your family over sure. you over you know, living your own life it can be done yes. both both of them can be done yes. together you it doesn't have to be a choice right uh, and you can practice a religion to appease your family you can do things that they want you to do you can be a active member of society hmm. and still have a very clear world view sure. like it's it's just a game you know <laughs> so you can play it in whichever way you want yeah. like you don't have to go renegade or like mm. be like i'm completely out of the system yeah, yeah. end up living on a mm. mountain like that's not for everyone mm. you know yeah i mean like the the biggest thing in that if you want to if, if you want to be the biggest rebel the big the way you can be the biggest rebel is by living life in your own, on your own terms and it does not life okay not like oh this year i'm going to you know just bash through my family and yeah. then two years later back with the family and same issues no no no, no, no live yeah, a life on your own terms yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's nice it's very important man yeah, it's sure. very important like the the value of the core group around you Absolutely. you know so important. i don't know ma'am i'm just bringing things from everywhere so i was just <laughs> seeing this uh, uh, have you have you heard of the movie uh, shubh mangal zyada savdhan from ayushman khurana okay so it's a movie about uh, uh, you know homosexuality okay mm-hmm. and it's it's i think this is the first time it's being shown in such a way and ayushman does a great job at it there is one dialogue there in which the dad uh, the father of uh, the person ayushman loves which is guy of course mm-hmm. and uh, he says so he tries to convince him throughout the movie and he says that you know uh, so the dad says okay you've convinced us but what about the world and ayushman just turns head turns behind and says you are the world that hit oh. deep to me i'm like whoa yeah so it's releasing on 21st this is I they see. didn't pay us they didn't yeah. pay me at all trust me i just liked it so it's coming on 21st five and i'm definitely after that i'm like okay you know what i'm just going to watch this movie yeah. it's too good but anyway we've gone far off places uh so guys this was a completely different way in which this episode in this in which we've done this uh uh show episode 16 something very new very fresh uh, with my man lakshman badami here if you want to chill out in a very chill place if you're trying to enter veganism any sort of that i will link all of his handles in the description check them out and uh, you know that's all from us here uh thank you so much for uh, being a part thanks of this video thanks for having video. me chirak yes and see uh, you guys here yeah. yeah yeah see you guys and i'll see you guys in the next video bye bye bye